Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And we're going to look at verses 19 through 29 tonight. We are going to start a series right now, tonight, on different biblical characters. We're going to be on some biblical characters in the Bible. And as I looked to find those that I wanted to share, uh, I purposely am starting with many that are not very well known to us. Uh, They're not as popular as others to us anyway. And the most popular one might be tonight. We're going to share Thomas tonight. But then after that, in several weeks to come, not necessarily all of these are are in this order, but we're going to share a man named Jonathan in the Bible, and then uh, a woman of Sakar, and Barnabas, Pharaoh, Jephthah, Elijah, someone who is not even a person, uh, a busy servant in a parable, uh, Jochebed, a woman named Jochebed, and we're definitely going to share Manasseh down the road, and a rich man in a parable. We'll see where we are after most of those or, or all of those, and then we may go into some of the more well-known like Peter and Paul and Jonah and Naomi, maybe the Philippian jailer. But tonight, we're going to get started with Thomas, who is also called Didymus. So we'll title this Didymus the Doubter. And if you will look with me in chapter 20 and verse 19, we're going to get started. Of course, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. And His apostles are gathered together. And it says, Then the same day at evening... Being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad... When they saw the Lord, then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, 
the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered, and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Have you ever tried to mix unleaded gasoline with diesel? Hopefully not. And if you did, your vehicle did not run very well and it didn't run very long. The two are not meant to go together. Every vehicle I have ever seen has said diesel fuel only or unleaded fuel only. You do not mix them. They don't belong together. And, and if so, there's going to be some spitting and some sputtering and a lack of performance from the vehicle as it barely chugs along. I say that to say that this describes Thomas concerning his faith and also his doubting. Thomas is most well known. We don't know a lot about him, but what he's most well known for is his doubting of the resurrection of Jesus Christ after he had died on the cross. And so he has very well earned the nickname that you know that the, probably the number one first thing that came to your mind about Thomas might be the nickname he's been given. And that is, that is what, someone? Doubting Thomas. He is a doubter. And, and we use him, we might abuse him by this example, but, but let's look at, at all that we can about Thomas tonight and, and see what we come up with. And, and so as far as more on his name, we only find his name as Thomas 12 times in the Bible. Eight of those 12 times are right here in this book in the Gospel of John. From the passages I just read, we find five times out of those 12 that his name is in the Bible. And the name Thomas, it means twin. The name Didymus, it means twin. We don't know exactly why he is named this. There are people who have made some guesses. Some said it as though this may be. Others tried to say it as though they know, and, and I don't know about them. But, but anyway, some have said because of his double-mindedness, he got this name twin. Others have said that Thomas is not even his real name. It was a name given to him because his name was Judas, and they wanted to make a distinguishing between Judas Iscariot and this Thomas here. Whatever the case is with all of that, we're not sure 
But what we can be sure of is why he is called Doubting Thomas. He hesitated to accept the apostle's story that the Savior is risen and he is alive and he defeated the grave. And and so this was a, a big doubting from him. Was it his only doubt in his life? Well, most likely not. Maybe, maybe Thomas was the skeptic. You know, that's the temptation of some Christians. They're just so skeptical about things, and they can, they can uh, you know, over-examine things. Uh, he might have been a, a continual pessimist. He showed the signs that maybe he was a habitual doubter. And so there's the negative about Thomas, but let's not beat Thomas up all night. Let's mention something positive about this apostle, this man Thomas. Now history has recorded that Thomas was a martyr for his faith. He died for his faith. And it's easy to believe that considering what he said in John chapter 11 and verse 16. When it was talking about Lazarus had died and Jesus is there with with Thomas and the others. And it says in that verse, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. You know, nothing would hold Thomas back from doing what was right once he found out what he ought to do. And also with Thomas, I mean, he would ask what to do when he didn't know what to do. That, and that's so important. We should ask that. We're very familiar with, with John chapter 14. It's a very popular chapter where Jesus is talking about the Father's house and He's saying that He's going away to the Father's house and He's going to prepare a place and He's coming back to get the children of God. But He says, you know, you know the way and you know where I'm going. And in John chapter 14 and verse 5, it's Thomas that speaks up. And he says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And of course, from that, we have the very popular verse of the Bible where Jesus responds to Thomas. It says, He saith unto him, I am the way the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And how stirring was Thomas's testimony of faith here in the text tonight after he saw the Lord Jesus and his words were, My Lord and my God. Well, now, there's just a little introduction of someone we don't know a lot about, but we, have, we know his name. We have some negatives. We have some positives. But what we're going to talk about a lot tonight to try to describe this man is the missing of Thomas. As we know, Jesus had been raised from the grave. He met with his disciples But there was someone absent. There was someone that wasn't there who should have been at the meeting. 
Of course, we're not talking about Judas Iscariot. He was named among the apostles, but he was an imposter. He never was a true apostle. He had already betrayed the Lord by this time, and he couldn't possibly be there, so he wasn't expected to be there. It wasn't Pilate who would have possibly uh, shown up to this meeting. Pilate had his chance with Jesus. Some people... Some people tear down Pilate a little more than they should, but ultimately he didn't befriend Jesus and he didn't stand for Jesus. So it wouldn't be Pilate that was there. Pilate wasn't expected to be there. And we could mention others, and, and, and of all that we would mention, no one else would be expected to be there. But who was expected to be there and wasn't there was Thomas. Thomas was one of the 12 apostles, and he was missing. Thomas missed a meeting of of God's people gathering together, and Jesus showed up. What a meeting for him to miss. I don't think he would have missed it if he didn't know Jesus was going to be there. You know, think about these disciples at this time. No doubt they were filled with sorrow and they were very heavy and burdensome and probably no one was more full of sorrow or more more burdensome than the doubting Thomas. If anybody needed to see Jesus then, it was his. It was him and Jesus showed up at this meeting, and Thomas was missing. Thomas would have been there, but he wasn't expecting Jesus. He wasn't expecting Jesus to be at that meeting. So obviously, for Thomas not to be there, he was thinking, this is a meeting that I can afford to miss. Oh, James and John and Peter, they'll probably lead the meeting and and maybe they'll try to encourage with everything that we experienced with Jesus. And and I think I kind of know how things are going to go at this meeting. And and so he, whatever the case, we could go on and on and on in our thoughts about it, but he wasn't at the meeting. Yet this meeting that they gathered for, it was a thrill, it was exciting, it was so uplifting by the time it was over because Jesus was there. All of the disciples were needy at this time, but Thomas was probably the neediest and he wasn't there. Why didn't Thomas meet with them? You know, some people don't meet together because of coldness or indifference. And that just doesn't fit. We don't, we don't have any information that, that Thomas had any problem with the other apostles. You know, so, so I don't think it was that. Thomas wasn't searching for satisfaction somewhere else. We, uh, that doesn't fit. We don't have any information about that. Demas went to this world trying to be fulfilled by this world and he never turned back. And don't you know it ended gloomy for Demas. But Thomas, we don't have anything that says he was trying to drink from another fountain in life. That, that he 
you know, was of the true fountain. So why wasn't Thomas there? Well, we can say because of doubt. Thomas didn't meet because of his doubt. He obviously thought that Jesus died. That it was all over. That evil won. That wrong had prevailed. That the cause of Christ was now crushed. That Judas had betrayed the Lord. The Roman soldiers, they scourged him. And then on that hill at Golgotha, they killed him. Everything turned dark and it was over. He loved the Lord, but he missed the meeting because of doubt. And he had doubt going on in his life. I mean, one vision of the victory of Jesus right before him would have done so much for his defeated condition he was in because of his doubting. Yet, he missed it. He was running on unleaded and diesel. And he was sputtering along. But what this one meeting would have done to change him. He missed a whole lot of things. He missed the certainty of the afterlife by missing this meeting. He didn't miss it permanently. We're going to get to that. But, but look what he missed by one meeting. And things didn't come around until eight days later. He missed the certainty of the afterlife. Jesus defeated death. And he showed himself to his disciples. You know, Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected. And then he walked this earth for 40 days and nights. And he, and he was seen by over 500 credible witnesses that, that saw him. Jesus was alive and walked this earth again. And, and he resurrected. He did defeat death. And, and, and he came back to life upon this earth. And he showed this to his disciples. They were very strengthened in their assurance that they had in him by this service. They, they all saw him as dead. And then they all saw him alive except for Thomas. He missed the certainty of the afterlife. He missed a great joy. It says, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Thomas was probably the saddest of them all. And the rest of the disciples are full of joy as a result of meeting together. He missed joy. He also missed peace. The first thing Jesus said to them was what he knew they needed after he had died. And they're, they're, they're wondering and they're contemplating things. And here they are. They know what Jesus has told them. Nevertheless, Jesus was with them. Now he's not with them. And he walks in saying, peace be unto you. And Thomas missed that. The Bible talks about the peace that passeth all understanding. And Thomas, in his doubting condition, surely needed that. He missed receiving. Now, we're not going to go into this. This, is, this would be a message all its own. And a lot of the message on, on what I'm about to say would be against other doctrines. But what do we have here? 
We, we have the benediction, if you will, at this meeting of Jesus breathing on the disciples and saying, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now we know that Thomas had the indwelling of the Spirit, but nevertheless, this is what went on at this meeting together. And Thomas was the, not there. He missed receiving. And as a result of not being there... He missed giving. The other apostles think of the message that they had to give to others when they left that meeting of what they had experienced. Jesus was risen. And they had that to go tell and to encourage and to uplift and to build the faith of and to give assurance to others by this message. They had a message to give. They had joy to share. They had inspiration to spread to all and lift one another. Thomas missed the meeting, so he couldn't give. He couldn't do any giving like this whatsoever. He missed helping his fellow disciples. They were, you can imagine them being somewhat deflated by the fact that Thomas wasn't there. Jesus had left them like he said he was going to do when he went to the cross. There they were scared of the Jews and they could have said, at least, we, at least we're all together here. But that one wasn't there. They couldn't say that. What were they thinking with Thomas not being there? Well, we had our run with Jesus on this earth, and now he has done what he said he was going to do. Are we going to dwindle now? I mean, where's Thomas? Thomas isn't here. Thomas was missing. We're all familiar with Hebrews 10.25, which talks about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And, and there is a meaning in that phrase of forsaking the, uh, the assembling of, of a letdown, a, a letting down of the people of God. It, it is, you know. It's not about a number when, when God's people meet. But nevertheless, we're all encouraged when so many are here and we see one another and, and God has just uh, opened the doors and drawn people to His house and, and people are joining and, and it's very encouraging. And then, I mean, what, what if there were 20 of us here Sunday morning? I mean, I, I think it would take the, the wind out of our sails and it would flatten our tires. We would be here and we would worship, but there's a this forsaking the assembling carries an idea of a letting down. So just having Thomas present, it would have been uplifting to the rest. It, it would have strengthened the faith of the others. Maybe they knew Thomas was struggling, but there Thomas showed up. And they're encouraged because they're all still together. And I could kind of go on and on about the thought of that. But bottom line, Thomas missed helping them. He missed encouraging one another. It's, an, it's encouraging 
to see God's people gathering together. It is. It's encouraging to gather and, and worship with others. If, if there's some who have been away or if there are those who haven't attended a certain service of the week and, and all of a sudden they're back in there or all of a sudden someone who has, who has left the sheepfold has, has come back to the great shepherd Jesus Christ to worship him in his church, it, it is so uplifting and it's encouraging. Something that causes a problem in this, though, we see by Thomas's life, doubting. Doubting hurts. Doubting is very destructive. And, and the worst thing is some feed their doubts. It, it's a dishonest doubt that someone would have when they say, well, I'm struggling in my faith. I mean, or, or you have some who are kind of proud of their doubts. Some people will stick their chest out and say, well, well, I doubt this and I doubt that. And, and I, as in, I have a very thorough, high plan and examination of all things before I'm going to believe it. Some people think they have this high level of discernment and they get a little conceited about the doubts that they have. And there are a lot of things to doubt in this world, but, but we're talking about Thomas having a struggle with the truth in his doubts. I mean, feeding doubt is very punishing to us. You know, there, were, there are those, as I said, who would struggle about, about their doubts, yet they're giving their attention to the things that are opposite of Christ. They will get on the web and they will, they will feed on the worst possible meal they could ever have by what some man has said and just causing more doubt in their lives. I tell you what, Thomas... You know, what, what do many people say? Well, I'm like Thomas. I just doubt a little bit. Oh, doubting Thomas. I'm a little bit of a doubter. Thomas, let me say it this way as we go here. Thomas was a sincere doubter. Thomas was an honest doubter. And I say that because what we see here is that Thomas wasn't proud of his doubting. And, and we don't see here where Thomas goes somewhere else for some different information, as in he's, he's, doubt, he's, he's doubting this is true, so he's going to go somewhere else and see if something else is right. We don't see that here. What, I, what we see in Thomas here is that he didn't want to reject the things of God. He wanted to believe. And I say that because Thomas did something about his doubts. In verse 26, after eight days, that meeting he missed, eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. Remember he said, what did he say? He said, he said I will not believe until I Except I shall see in his hands, verse 25, the prints of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So he's struggling with doubt, but he goes to the next meeting. He's not believing them, but he goes to that meeting. He was doing something about his doubts. Eight days later, someone wasn't missing from the meeting, and it was Thomas. Thomas. 
He honestly wanted to get rid of his doubts. What was he doing? Well, let me say it this way. He was faithful to what he believed so he could believe what he didn't believe. Okay? He was faithful to what he did believe so he could believe what he didn't believe. He was true to the light that he had. And he gave himself the opportunity to get rid of that doubt that is so destructive in one's life. And I guess as we have looked through this, there's all kinds of life application that probably came out without even having to call it out. We're, we're thinking about this right now. But, but as we start closing, I do want us to consider one point with Thomas that we have already kind of touched on, but some particular details of Thomas and apply it to our lives. And what that would be would be the importance of every meeting with God's people. Gathering together every time we can. To miss a meeting with God's people in God's house is losing an opportunity that we can never get back again. Somebody might be saying, well, Brother Kenneth, we've got online services now. You know, I'm thankful for online services, and we have many members who who cannot be here. And I think through through an online service, I pray that God blesses those who cannot be here as much as He possibly can. And thankful that they can be tuned in online. Many are right now who truly, they just cannot be here. Might not be the same for those who could be here, though, and uh, who are not, though. You know, we could miss the solution to an ongoing plaguing problem in our lives. I mean, there are those things that we say, How long, O oh Lord? And, and something can go on so long in our lives and it just might be in that one particular service that that God uses the preacher to say something in just a certain way and he's never said it that way before and maybe he never says it again but it just it just hits you and it connects in that moment and you have this divine meeting with God and a collision in your heart and a solution that is given to whatever has been plaguing you for so long. You know, that happens a lot of times in one service. I praise the Lord as I think back through the years of just some some spiritual landmarks, if you will, in my life of different services I've been in and what was preached and how it was a turn. There was a turn to the right that I was able to make Whenever I was, I was just in the wrong place in this or that, or I just didn't know how to fix it. Thank God for those divine appointments with God in His house under the preaching of His Word, knowing what we need. The preacher has no idea, maybe, but God gave it to you in that one service. Meeting in God's house 
expresses our faith in a risen Savior. Thomas didn't meet because he didn't have faith in a risen Savior. So think about that when we meet. Why are we meeting? Because Jesus is alive. Because we live because He lives. We have eternal life. And we know and we've come to celebrate our Lord and to praise Him and to worship Him. We get to show our families. We get to show our families the importance of being in God's house when we're here. We get to show them that, that it's more important than a birthday. It's more important than some big event, some sports event, or, or some guest in town. Where it, it, name, name whatever, and, and we show them that God's house is more important. I think of Linda Pardue and what I heard at, at her homegoing celebration service after she passed from this life and all kinds of family members saying, you didn't schedule anything for the family on Sunday if you wanted Linda to be there. Praise God for the importance of God's house and knowing how important every service is. We're, we're building protection around our hearts and we're building protection around our families to bring our families to God's house and to worship Him every time we meet. You know, just, just something about Thomas here would just have us to be honest about, about whatever reasons we give or, or maybe what we would call an, an excuse. And just, just think about the misery and missing. You know, I, it, it kind of hits home because of, because of how funny I felt. Uh, I was sick and, I, man, my head was all stopped up a while. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't function and, and I hated not being in God's house. Every service is important. You never, you never know who's going to be saved in any given service. You assume that, that people are going to be saved on Sunday morning, that it's going to be primarily an evangelistic message on Sunday morning, and then on a Wednesday night, someone realizes right then and there their own sin, and Jesus is just so real as the Lord and Savior who took their personal punishment on the cross. And they're drawn by the word of God. They're drawn by his, the glorious truth of his gospel. And they're saved from their sins. I remember the Sunday morning. I, I got up to go to church. And man, I mean, there's just a little drama among the young adults going on. And something tempted me to kind of dread it. But there I go. And I go to Sunday school. And there's, there's a fourth of the people there. And I'm going, what's going on this morning? The Lord saved my soul that morning. I had the opportunity to trust Him as my Lord and Savior. And, and it stuck. It happened that night. You know, you know, that was Sunday school. I, I inter God interrupted Sunday school with me about 10.30. We had 15 minutes to go with the message, but I don't think it happened because I got saved that morning. You never know what's going to happen in any given service. And in saying that and closing, and in closing this Bible study this way tonight, 
We'll just give you that opportunity tonight. We're not going to play an invitation in a song or the piano. But, but before you leave God's house tonight, is there, anything, is there anyone who is, who is struggling with what real faith is in Jesus Christ? Do you know that you're saved? I'll just say what we've said for years. God forbid something happened to you on the way home tonight. Do you know you have believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, there's this day that you profess Jesus and, and then maybe a week later you were baptized. And then what has happened throughout your life? Because once Jesus saves us, He's doing a work in us. And it's unlike anything that's ever been going on in our lives. Whether we're focused on Him, whether we're away from Him, He is looking to get our attention, and He is the potter, and we are clay, and He's molding us uh, according to uh, us being willing, or if we're not willing, He's still doing something in our lives. The attitude about sin changes when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. There is a change that heaven makes in our life. It's something that maybe we'd always want to do ourselves. We wanted to be better, but when it gets down to it, we really weren't, and we really couldn't be. And maybe there's someone who really can't be tonight, but the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ He'll save you tonight, and you can know Him as your Lord and Savior. Do that before you leave this sanctuary this evening, and uh, come to me or go to someone else close by. And uh, we just thank you for being here tonight. To next week, Lord willing, this, this, this character in the Bible, Jonathan, we're going to share, and just getting excited about all kind of different things we'll share as a result of these people that God saw fit to put in His Word. And, and with that, I'm going to ask Jamie Wireman if he will close our Bible study in a, in a word of prayer tonight. And God bless you all for being here.